0: Greetings, shopmates, and welcome to Tinkering Bells, a show about DIY, design, and all things hands-on. The sky's the limit as we talk props, metalwork, cosplay, woodwork, leather, electronics, and so much more. I'm Tim Robertson, your host, so strap on your tool belts because we're about to get into some skill sharing, y'all. Today, I'm going to be joined by a maker who is truly owning her power both in the shop and on the airwaves. I don't want to give away too much, but this maker is redefining what a power carver looks like. So if that doesn't make you want to stick around and hear more, then you might be at the wrong podcast. But first, let's go ahead and have our tech talk of the day. So we're going to be talking to a maker specializing in wood carvings with power tools today. So let's back it up. Where did power carving get its start? So as long as humans have existed, wood carving has existed. Within the skill set though, there is a differentiation between hand carving or whittling and power carving, which is our focus today. As you likely can guess, that difference is primarily the tools used to carve the wood and whether they're electric or not. Now, one of the biggest draws to power carving aside from it being faster and way less effort for the actual carver is that you're able to work with much larger pieces and make them into hand-carved, beautiful pieces of art. This is because power carving tools, like oscillating tools, can cut through much larger pieces of wood for initial shaping. So if there's enough wood, there is literally no limit to how large the carving can be. Now, one of the most common tools used in power carving is the Dremel which I've already covered the invention history of in season one, episode three with Dr. Tracy Fanara. So make sure to head over and check that out if you wanna learn more about how the Dremel was invented and who was in charge of that. Now, there are a lot of other tools though that can be used for power carving, including rotary hand tools like the Dremel or angle grinders. Um, There's lots of different tips that you can use both on the grinder as well as the Dremel or rotary tools. You can use routers, you can start off with handheld cutting tools like chisels, and you can use things like disc sanders with different attachments. Some of the epic, epic power carving is actually done with chainsaws, which is crazy, but if you've ever seen a giant Yeti or bear on the side of the road, you know what you can make with an actual saw. Now, if you do decide to take power carving for spin, Keep in mind that dust collection and prevention of dust inhalation is paramount. Make sure to wear a mask that helps ensure you don't inhale dust particles, as well as wearing hearing protection to protect your ears from the loud noises that are a common part of power carving, and obviously goggles. You do not want to be scratching up your eyes with all of that dust that will be flying. Well, that's it for Tech Talk. As always, you can join in on the conversation with my maker friends and me on the Tinkering Bell's Instagram and Twitter pages. Just search for Bell's Tinkering, hit follow and share your DIY adventures together with us. Have a tool you wanna learn about? Let me know and it may be featured in a future episode. Tell us what you liked, what you hated or possibly even what we missed. So now we're going to be getting into the main event, and I'm so excited to introduce you to our next maker. So drum roll, please. Benny and Katie. Katie, thanks for joining me. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I like to start the episode off by telling people where they can find you, follow you, and what they might see when they
1: go there. Awesome. So my main like social media stuff is under freeman furnishings and you can find that like on everything so <laughs> youtube tiktok instagram i do still actually have a pinterest though so i like hardly do anything there <laughs> um facebook same hardly do anything there um so for freeman furnishings like you can expect to see things like power carving shop dancing burning things (laughs) all my favorites all my favorite things (laughs) yes and uh and then like adding color I'm always like adding bright colors to my stuff so that's like the main gist of Freeman Furnishings stuff um I do have a website freemanfurnishings.com that's mainly for like not the content creation side that's mainly for like hey, if you want to buy one of my things, this is where you go to, like, contact me, and then I also have um, Instagram, uh, Crafting a Revolution, and that is my weekly podcast, where I interview female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world, Um, so, like, there's the Instagram account, but, like, the meat and potatoes, like, to go hear the episodes, that's, like, everywhere you get a podcast. And then I also share the video of that on my Freeman Furnishings YouTube channel.
0: Nice. And for everyone listening, all of these links will be in the show notes, um, as well as the video will be up on YouTube. So as we're talking about things and you're like man i wish i could see that too head over to the youtube um so about crafting the revolution so or crafting a revolution so we actually met because you interviewed me for your podcast yes. which was <laughs> so much fun um and it wasn't it wasn't crafting a revolution at the time that you interviewed me no. right so do you want to talk a little bit about like the evolution of of the show and the branding and how that's been
1: yeah, so the podcast actually started almost three and a half years ago now, and it started as Maker Mom podcast. And basically, it's like maybe four months before I actually started a podcast, I started listening to podcasts for the first time like ever, um, and I was listening to all kinds of maker podcasts, and it was all dudes <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like where are the girls like I know that there are women out there who are making and on occasion like you know the guys would have like one of the women on but even in those instances I was like hmm, sometimes there's like this talking down to vibe or like isn't it so cute that you do xyz type yeah. of vibe <laughs> um <laughs> which just like infuriated me. So I was like, I looked, I searched for a very long time. Like there has to be a podcast out there with female makers and I couldn't find one. And at the time I was like really in the thick of it with like, kiddos like my oldest would have been five my youngest would have been like two and a half and I was like help me I'm still drowning from all of this mom stuff and so I was like okay I just want to talk to other makers who are moms so part of it was like selfishly driven like where are my people at this will this will make <laughs> me find my people um, and so that's where I started as maker mom and it stayed that way for like I want to say the first two years it was that way, and then kind of as like I grew because a lot of the podcast I feel like has educated me just in like talking to all of these amazing makers. So I've learned a lot, and like the pandemic and watching the world be set on fire—literally, it feels like some days. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want to bring in um, like other women who are not parents like I want to open up this space so at that point in time it stayed make her mom with oh I added on so I was doing Friday episodes I added on a Wednesday episode and called that the Wonder Woman and so I was kind of like going along with that for about six months and that's when I had you on you were one of the like Wonder Women episodes mm-hmm. um and then I was like But I'm also trying to have like non-binary folks on. And this doesn't feel very like of a welcoming space to have non-binary folks on. And it's called like Wonder Women. Um, And so I have in the works, um, I mean, it is a legit like tool company now, power tool company, there's nothing out yet, but uh, that's called Revolution Power Tools. And so I really like this word revolution and this idea of like, changing the world of craft and trade and lifting up voices that generally aren't heard in those spaces and so that with talking with some of my peeps on social media like they kind of helped come up with the the name crafting revolution and I just loved it and changed it all and took off with it and my friend Ashley Minnie wrote the theme song for it, which is totally punk and totally cool.
0: <laughs> it's so good. If you guys haven't heard it, you should
1: definitely go check that out yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll link it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the evolution, I guess, of it all.
0: I love it. Um, and, and everything that you're doing, everyone that you're having on is just has been incredible. And I have to admit, like I started tinkering bells because very, you know, very selfishly during the pandemic, I was fully isolated for over a year here in LA. And I wanted to reconnect with the amazing powerhouse, like women that were in this field. And it is something that's interesting because, I know like this, this thought of expanding outward. Right. So like, for me, it's, it's always been, um, like anyone that's a woman, anyone that like it feels and identifies as a woman or anyone that's non-binary, but I've also gotten to a point for me for tinkering bells where I've actually been, um, debating having allies as well. Um, because there have been, you know there there are guy makers that appreciate women makers or there are guy makers that appreciate women makers yeah. <laughs> and then but then there are true guys in this space that really walk the walk of defending and being true allies to female makers trying to make it in this space um So I have been kind of kicking around the idea of like once a quarter having an ally on um, and being able to kind of amplify those voices and have those discussions with them about, you know, what tools do they need from us as female makers to be the allies that they are or to be better allies. I also selfishly want to boost the you know the male listener aspect of this because while yes it it is a heavily driven you know like we are all like females and we're not men at the same time like we listen to to male podcasts we get just as much out of that and and I don't want it to be seen as like oh they're just talking about girl stuff because we're not most of the time we're talking about badass making you know we're we're right. actually talking about the skills um, and so I, I, part of me is like, oh, if I, you know, if I start this, can it help branch that out as well? And then maybe the bros that need to hear what being an ally is, will hear it from another male and listen, because like it or not, I have found that most of the time, if I'm having issues with a guy in the shop, my best course of action is to find a male ally and have him talk to him because the minute that we do, we're suddenly nagging or being emotional or whatever. So I, I just feel like this allyship portion of it is something I want to bring a little bit more in, especially because I've also had a lot of women on the show talk about like how hard it is to to have discussions with men in the shop that are being, either inappropriate or condescending, um, and how, you know, how to go about that. And allies for me have been the only way I've been able to, to navigate that well. But if you have any pointers on how you've done it, feel well, free to share. Say, like
1: <laughs> I hope you don't get bummed out. I'm going to challenge you a little yes, bit. Yes. Do <laughs> please. Yes. <laughs> challenge me. This is why I have these discussions. Um, and this is actually like kind of funny because this is something that I've been, uh, The exact conversation I've been participating in on Instagram uh, where it was like, there was these DIY awards that historically are like to give out awards to women in the DIY space. It's like run by a creator, right? Like Mm -hmm. no money behind it, whatever. It's like, no, it's just for fun type of thing. But like people nominate and then people vote on, on these different categories and kind of like all of a sudden out of like what felt like left field, like the person who created this decided to create a award called the golden cock. And it was like a cock gun put on like a pedestal. Uh, I see what they did there. Um, And like, give it to like a male creator, you know, in that space. And really, I think the it made a lot of the women who were participating in those awards feel really icky. And like, how do I put words to this? Mm -hmm. And what it was, was like, not that they don't think that person's great. Like they actually think that that male maker is great. It was like, you're having all the women over here compete yet again for like a seat at a table. And Mm -hmm. we just randomly like There's this, there was like no competition for this award for the guy. Like, it was just like, oh, here's this really great guy in the space. We're going to give him this like, award. so he didn't actually have to do the same build or anything. No.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's not okay. That's like, that's like a participation trophy. I don't agree with those either.
1: (laughs) But it started this whole, like, so somebody called it out, like one of, you know, my like friends in the space, like called it out and was like, hey, I want to have conversation. Around this, like in the comments. And there's been a lot of good conversation once you got past the like people who felt the need to like justify why that guy like got that award or to justify why the maker of the award thing like it was okay to do that type thing. Like once you got past that kind of like defensive response, right? There's like Mm -hmm. really good conversation happening. And I bring this up because like, like you, I've thought on occasion like either about the allyship or bringing in specifically for me men of color because I still want to amplify the voice of those who like are marginalized in the community Mm -hmm. so I've like kicked around that thought in my head and I come back to the conclusion like every time that I've worked really hard to make this space like safe for um women and non-binary folks um you know trans uh, people like i've worked really really hard <laughs> to make mm-hmm. this a safe space and so not that men should be seen as the enemy but like even bringing in somebody who's like an ally to all of those people still feels like a little bit i don't know like di- a dig at the people that i've created this space for And also there are a gazillion maker podcasts out there for men to be on. Like a gazillion. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's a new one every week. So
0: (laughs) maybe the move then instead, maybe I should have like because so there's like some there's amazing allyship programs that exist. Maybe instead I can have a woman come and talk about how to build an ally because it's something that while I secondhand have knowledge about allyship mm-hmm. and how to get someone to be your ally in these spaces, I don't feel like I'm the right voice to have that conversation. Um, you know, because I'm not a I'm not a guy trying to be an ally and I'm not someone that teaches others how to be an ally. So maybe that's maybe that's how I do it. Instead, I bring in a, a woman that can talk to all of us about how to develop allies. Cause I think it is something that could be really helpful because like it or not, we exist in a space where we are always going to be the marginalized person. Like at least for right now, I don't see that changing this year. No. I mean, we had marches and yeah. if anything, we land slid backwards. So right. I feel like I do, I I, I hear you. And I, I, really, um, I really appreciate that you having that conversation and, and sharing the conversation that's going on. Because that's something that, in my mind, I was like okay i wanna I wanna help coach all of the women on how to build allies. Yes. uh, how do I do that? okay, I know some allies, so it may it to me um it was an unconscious bias. I didn't even realize that that could could hinder that so i, I really appreciate that feedback and I will find a woman ally <laughs> mentor or consultant and and hi, and do an interview with her so that she can there share the tools.
1: <laughs> That we all need. I love it. Thank you. As far as listenership, I do want you to know, like, yes, still my audience is predominantly female, right? Which I love. I I want that. (laughs) Yeah, but I have, I do have a decent amount of like male listeners and some of them have come and like, I think they're quietly, you know, just listening, which to me is the sign of a good ally is somebody who can just like stop and listen Mm-hmm. And then they'll like quietly message me of like, thank you for having this podcast because it's even though I considered myself an ally, I'm still learning more about like what I could do, even though I never directly talk about allyship ever mm-hmm. <laughs> with a guest on my on the podcast. like that's not like the topic ever. It's more just like, what's your personal experience in these spaces? And then guys, you know, can learn like, oh, don't be, a beep, like <laughs> was in that space, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's
0: it's interesting to me because it it hasn't. So most of the time during the episodes, we do like what we're doing now, where we're talk we talk about the actual like cool making, right. and then it's always in the aftermath that like I'll get like the question of like, well, how do you deal with this? Or how, and I'm like, oh man, I really wish you had asked on the show, and and a lot right. of times. We, as, as humans don't, don't want to admit when some of this stuff is happening publicly, we'd ra- like, cause like it or not, we still self-blame, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've all grown up in a society where we've been told it's our fault. We dress a right. certain way. We did a certain right. thing. We shouldn't have been a certain place. And so it's a conversation that I want to help normalize having that conversation because until. We can start as as, you know, female oriented people having that discussion with each other. Right. We're never going to be able to then take that step forward and start confronting it and having it with the masculine side of the shop. And right. so, um it's something that, you know, season one, i would I would say, at least eighty percent of, of the women that I interviewed had stories that we talked about off. Hand yeah. and off record that I was like, man, like this is something that we have to, we have to figure out how to change. And so to, to me, I think until we, <laughs> until we can change the fact that anytime we raise our voice, we're suddenly emotional and nagging, right. <laughs> um, as a perspective. And then we like that allyship is, is a, is a half step for us in between. So, um, I do. I, 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 I mean, really I appreciate the, the feedback because I, I love that. That's a, it's a better way to do it. Um, I think a female is going to be able to talk to us in a non-condescending way of like, well, yeah. you shouldn't be doing this. Like, <laughs> right. no, like this is, this, these are some approaches that work. These are some approaches. Yes. that.
1: <laughs> and And I think it's the same, like for one, before I lose this thought, just to like recommend to your listeners to follow the account on Instagram called Craft Equity, where they, I just interviewed them, um, but where they share anonymously, like people submit their stories anonymously um, of things that have happened to them in like school environments and work environments um, across several crafts. It's like it's wood, textiles, glass, ceramics and there's a fifth one I'm oh medals so like you can be coming from any of those things they usually try to do it in like weeks like okay medals ladies like it's you know it's your week to like submit stories or whatever and I shouldn't say ladies because it is not all women Um, but I have learned so much just in like I think that's an amazing way that they're doing that, that they're like affecting change, especially because they're doing it anonymously. It takes the power out of like, well, what were you wearing? Like, yeah. you don't even know unless they self-identify their gender in that story, what what gender that person is. So that takes so much power away from the people who would like doubt, you know, <laughs> who don't listen to the, to the survivor's, um, of instances. So it's like, that's a really powerful account. And then I also wanted to say like, it's similar to me when I have like other white women on the podcast, I actually try to dive into the whole, okay, we're two white women. We need to have a talk about white fragility and how we're not dealing with and welcoming women of color into this space. Mm-hmm. Like, I've learned through time. I don't shy away from this crap anymore. <laughs> this yeah, the, We have to have these conversations. To your point, like women have to start having conversations about allyship. Women have to get to a point of being able to be like, oh, right. That's like, like you just said, your own internalized biases, my own internalized misogyny, my own internalized, all of this stuff that's actually coming out. And how do we fix it? How do we become the sisterhood? that can continue to lift each other up instead of like, like, I still do it. I've admitted on the podcast instead of when there's a man in the room, I still turn to him mm-hmm. to be the voice of authority in that space. And I hate myself every time. I it, Cause I'm like, damn it. I know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> it's, it's interesting um, when you talk about that. So I work with society of women Engineers and. I work with young girls at, at all of these camps, like outside of Society of Women Engineers as well. I, I'm brought in a lot to speak at female building, making STEM camps kind of things. And one of the things that I always stand up and talk about is the fact that the trope of catfighting women is alive and well in STEM and making. Mm-hmm. And it is something where Women love to point the finger at men and be like, you're holding me back. It's your fault. You're doing this throughout my more than a decade career in engineering. The only managers that have held me back have been female. And it is one of those things that I get it. Most of the women that are that are in these fields have had to fight tooth and nail to be able to gain respect, to be able to wear pants in some cases. Like I've had managers that literally started when we weren't allowed to wear pants in engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is, is that why men thrive while we don't is men get to the top. They turn around, they look back and they go, you look like me. You look like me. You remind me of me. And they pull them forward and they groom them and they mentor them. Women get to the top. They think this is the only position and they start kicking backwards with their heels. And it is something that women need to realize this. The same thing that men eventually realize that if we win, we win if we really want to get to pay equity and we want to get to gender equality, and we want to be able to get to a place where all the voices are heard, we need to start looking back and lifting anyone and everyone that we can. And yes, like, I hope that men also stop looking and only seeing the ones that look like them and do that. But at this point, we're not even doing that. We're not even lifting, (laughs) lifting the voices that look like, like, like it is, it is one of those things. Um, I want to say it was Missy Elliott. And I, and I love this Missy Elliott was asked about Cardi B when she first came on the scene and was like, how do you feel about her coming for your job? And Missy Elliott like laughed and she goes, she's not coming for my job. She's coming for his job and his job and his job. (laughs) And like, it's, it's one of those things that, that we, we aren't the competition. Um, but then that, that also being said, you know, that conversation with other women. Like I, I have talked with very large STEM organizations that are like the brand of STEM and have been for eons about the fact that they'll bring me in to either MC or judge. And I walk into a room and it is only little white kids. And I'm like, this is a free program. This is a free camp. This was a free contest. This was a free leadership Academy why is this not why is this what this room looks like and right. so i've gotten to a point now where i like organizations know i will not speak on a panel that is not diverse and inclusive i will not mc an event or judge an event that is not diverse and inclusive if if they they get the initial year where i get to see what they're doing if i'm not able to see it from the outside right. and then we have a very like <clears throat> We have a coming to Jesus moment where I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And it's something um where I think organizations they they use the the equality and, and let's let everyone in when it's a buzzword that they can promote, yeah. but then you don't see it reflected. You don't Correct. see it reflected in their tech conferences, you don't see it reflected in their their actual events, and it's something where until we get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations we can't change it. And it's something that I know as as a white woman, I can say I'm not going to come in unless you bring in these voices. And I can pull in those voices and I can start to say, you know, hey, I'm not available, but this other diverse right. voice is, you right. know, or I'll come, but you also have to bring this other person. And again, that only works if we are reaching back and we're reaching to the sides and, you know, I hope, I hope, you know, these little girls get excited, you know, and right. bullying is bullying in schools. And we, we talk about not bullying as well, but like the, the little girls, are, they're getting it, you know, these groups, they're getting it. Um, and so I just hope that we, as the generation that they're looking to can, can give them that example better than we've been doing, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you're definitely like hitting on, it's that scarcity mentality, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's definitely something like I will admit, I personally still, like I'm getting better at catching myself quickly, but it even happens in the, like I'm on social media and I'm seeing some of my female friends like land these amazing like brand sponsorship deals. And what I want my reaction to always be is, yes, like another, like, yay, we're like making it forward. Mm -hmm. However, it's still my initial internal like reaction to be like, well, how come that's not me? Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: and then it's like, I literally have to, I stop myself. I immediately go to the DMs of that person and say, congratulations. I love that you got this thing. Like it's retraining myself to not be like, there's only that one spot (laughs) (laughs) because there's not. I mean, I think that's why it's like, funny and there was like a whole show called making a making a seat right and it's like yes like all of us have maker skills and we do not understand you can just make the table bigger mm-hmm. <laughs> or make more chairs. To add to the table. Yeah. <laughs> like.
0: well and it's something um so I mentor this this group of of well they were little girls when we started they were like <laughs> They were like in middle school, some of them in elementary school. And now I've been writing college recs. And I'm like, you guys got to stop aging because I'm (laughs) aging. Um, But I've talked to some of them because they're they're You know, a lot of these little girls are on uh, YouTube. They're trying to be side and they're seeing some of their peers get selected for shows and they get really jealous. And so there's two parts to this. I always remind them that, hey, be happy. It was a girl that got on the show. Be happy that, you know, that they on a science show are letting us in, you know, which, Mm -hmm. you know, sounds horrible to say, but that is something to celebrate. It doesn't matter who is forging that path. As long as someone that is not the normative is making that next step, we have to celebrate it. But two, give yourself grace, because one of the things that we don't realize is that what is perceived as jealousy, that moment of like, I wanted that. Why did they get that like that? It's actually an internal barometer of something that you really want in life. And so if you, in those moments, instead of like hyper-focusing on why they got it, you can instead self-reflect on why you want it. Mm -hmm. And you can actually sit down and start to be like, is this a goal that I actually recognize I even had? And (laughs) if it isn't, what are the steps to achieve this for me? Or if it is... Am I staying on that path to reach mm-hmm. that goal or is part of the reason I'm so jealous right now because I know that I haven't been putting the effort in to doing it. You know, right. like I like I see these incredible women that like have or makers in general that have these amazing reels and all of that and all of last year I was like in the spunk of like oh this is so good and <laughs> and like this and then I was like I don't even put forth the effort to make a, I haven't even researched how to make the music thing. And so I spent like December researching reels and finding sounds. And like, now I try to post every day and like, I still have a lot of room for improvement, but I'm at least like, I took that first step of like, just put something out there, just put something out every day. And if it hits, it hits. And if not, you can archive it and you can keep moving, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I think that that's That that ability to like be curious about why we're jealous in those moments um, can help one, enable us to celebrate them, uh, enable us to not self-shame and enable us to set some really baller goals to like recognize like, yeah, actually, I didn't realize that I want to be someone that gets a thousand likes. So maybe I should work towards that, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This has been this has been incredible and actually like one of the things I really want to make sure that we we talk about today um and you kind of hit on it earlier um but like part of why we can talk so much about what it's like to be you know that minority voice in that room is that you are actually in a field that very very few women makers are in, but I've been hearing way more. want to get into it after they saw you at maker camp. I've had like all these people talk about it. So you are what is known as a power carver. And I covered kind of just what the differentiation is between hand carving, power carving in the tech talk. But can you like, explain that and definitely plug and talk about your designing your own tools. Cause you know, one size does not fit all. Um, but I want to, I want to like celebrate this amazing thing because you are owning that power like in the shop.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really, I, I want to share a little bit about like how I got into it because yeah. I think that's something that I've actually been watching like power carving take off with women and i'm like so excited about that like so excited <laughs> um but partly it started so i started freeman furnishings when my youngest was about to turn 1 and for those who are listening who like again are in their slogs of like er, small small children you know i had like a little toddler and a baby who was like attached to a boob non-stop and i'm just sitting there like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, I don't recognize this person. Like, I don't see Katie. I see, like, mom. I see, like, wife. You know, I have a full-time, like, job. I see that person, but, like, I don't see me, and so, like, I've always enjoyed making. I had done woodworking, like, when we lived in California briefly, so I was, like, okay, I want to get back into that, but I pushed myself even at that start of, like, no, I'm not just going to get back into it as a hobby. We're going to make it a business. So that's what I did from the start. The problem was, is the bulk of my woodworking experience had been in a school shop. And for those who have ever been in a school shop, know the glory that is a school shop, which means high-end equipment, all of the equipment that you could have. to do whatever you want to do and I'm like I've got like my miter saw and like a jigsaw and like that was it and so I'm like how am I gonna do this like I want this to be a business but I need to like learn how to just work with what I have Um, and so I started just like watching YouTube like You know, I'm up at 1 a.m. like breastfeeding. What am I doing? I'm watching YouTube while feeding a baby. (laughs) I'm like, okay, what kind of making is out there with like the tools that I have access to? And I came across um, Mike Montgomery, Modern Builds, and he was using an angle grinder to carve a table to make this like egg-shaped table out of a log. And I was drawn to it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I was like, I know my wife has an angle grinder somewhere in this house. So this is something like that I could do and actually make like a finished piece of furniture. Number two, I was drawn to it because I've always been drawn to like more curves, more like organic shapes. And that's where I actually had struggled with woodworking is like, I found it the end result somewhat boring because I was like, it's just straight lines and angles and I want like curvy stuff. So I was drawn to it for that. So I was like, Okay, I'm gonna try this out. He mentioned um, uh, another maker or another artist actually who like hand carved tables like these. So Mm. I found him on Instagram and then just like dove down this whole path. And I went out and like bought the attachments for the angle grinder. And Like, just was like, I'm gonna do this thing. And I made my first table and I still have it. And it's not my best work. (laughs) It's It's definitely not my best work, but it still stands, it's still together. And, you know, and it's still that reminder because I have like my first table and then my most recent table like side by side. And so it's like a constant like glance at like, look where I started, you know, and look where I'm at now. I love that. That's a
0: good like, constant reflection to
1: celebrate
0: the (laughs) skills that
1: you're learning I love that yeah yeah so that's where I like I didn't even to be honest I didn't know at that time that it was called power carving like I just knew it was like this thing I'm doing with like an angle grinder Um, but once I started kind of like learning more about the tools finding more people like on Instagram who do this or uh, you know Um, on YouTube who do this I learned okay it's called power carving and there's a wide array of it right there's like angle grinders and die grinders which is what I use or rotary tools and then also called power carvers are those crazy people with all the size chainsaws that (laughs) that do like you know like that do like the big bear sculptures or the big eagles or whatever so it's like a whole array (laughs) of like what you could be doing and I I kind of always knew I'm like I'm not doing the chainsaw route I'm still a little like like I can cut a log up but I'm not like gonna be sculpting with a chainsaw that's just not my I I'm just I've seen so
0: like I I grew up in deep south and I've seen those bears yeah. and stuff on yeah. the side and I and they're just amazing right but I'm always like I don't I don't know how you do that. Like I'm lucky that I don't like cut off an appendage when I'm using a giant saw. These guys are just like, it's kind of like the guys that juggle the saws, right? Like it's just
1: mind blowing (laughs) in both accounts. Exactly. So that's kind of like, that's what it is. And then yeah. And hand carving is going to always be done with like chisels and draw knives and planes and that. I am like I follow so many hand carving accounts and like so many hand spoon carver like accounts it's not even funny I love the work I don't have the patience for it I'm like Mm-mm. put a bottle <laughs> on my hand and let me actually be able to get this like close to done you know within a couple of days versus like three months later and we're still just like taking a few scrapes off the town. Yeah. like no. <laughs> So I'm actually, like I said, so excited about seeing like other women getting into this space. And, um, and as you kind of hit on to like, yes, I get lots of questions about power carving. and I was like, okay, I'm going to just like, and people were asking when I was going to like do an in-person class. And because of the pandemic and stuff, I was like, this is just, It's like really hard to manage too. plus I'm like who's going to travel to the middle of like cornfields to come take a class with me so um, I decided to take the leap into online teaching, and so I put together a whole um, online class on getting started with power carving. In the class I teach about like using a die grinder and carving burrs, um, which those skills would also apply to like a smaller rotary tool so it's like if you don't have the big die grinder if you have a Dremel you could still take the class. Um, But it's an online class so once you pay for it like it's yours, and you can take it at your own pace and go back and rewatch stuff and all that good stuff. and that's called Power Carving Magic, because I feel like power carving is magical. <laughs> yeah,
0: when I watch it, it looks magical. So I, I love that. <laughs> and I'll put a link to that for everyone um, in the show notes. Uh, so make sure to head over, check that out and own your power in the shop. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I know this term maker was something that I honestly wasn't aware of until I did Mythbusters Jr and the kids let me know about you know that's you're a maker right like you didn't right. know you were a power carver i didn't know i was a maker right. um when do you remember the first moment that you heard the term maker uh and and what that was like
1: yeah i mean cuz i definitely like, for a long time, you know, like, I, and and I still will call myself, like, a woodworker sometimes, you know, Um, I think it was in, it was in consuming, you know, being able to, like, consume other people's content, and honestly, it was, like, finding those male makers, like, podcasts, and hearing that term, and being, like, hmm, like, what's this, like, maker thing, like, You know, I guess I felt like, okay, I get DIY, do it yourself. I get like (laughs) woodworker, I get these. And then like learning and discovering like the term maker and then being like, yeah, I I feel like I fit that because it's like, it isn't like, I'm not always doing just woodwork or I'm not always just doing power carving or I'm not like, I feel like there's a freedom in it. And there's like, I think you use this word and I stole it, like a scrappiness, like yeah. <laughs> you know, to it. Um and and so it definitely feels more like like I define it as anybody who creates something where nothing was beforehand. Like mm-hmm. anybody. So that could be, you know, seamstress, it could be people doing macrame, it could be anybody. If you're creating something and there was nothing there before, to me, you're a maker. Like. That's my definition.
0: Yeah. And and I love that. It is kind of that all inclusive, like, which I think is why this, this maker like community is so amazing is that like every single person you meet is potentially doing something completely different or they're doing the same thing, but in a different application or a different realm. And it, the one of the things that I love the most about like discovering the maker community has been like having those conversations about things that I may have never even talked about, heard about, or seen up until that point. Um, so getting to know like, like that movement, which is funny because even with the kids, I only got to know the maker fair movement. And then right. of course, like immediately that closed down, like right <laughs> after I'd found, it. and I'm like, yeah. I never even got to go to one. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, through the grapevine, I found out about like workbench con and then mm-hmm. started to expand and, and find out about all these other events. So it's been, a. Uh, it's a really, it's a really great community and really cool, like things like you, like you said, like you can, you can be a woodworker, you can be a metal or just, you can combine all of it. You know, you can, you can build with resin, you can do whatever you want and you can still feel part of it.
1: I think, you know, what I have found through like interviews on the podcast is I feel like it's, it's, um, it's a more welcoming space. Mm -hmm. Like Because most people, I think, in the maker community have taught themselves, not all, but I would say most have taught themselves, like, how to do whatever they're doing. And I have had several guests on, you know, who, yes, they, like, they went to, like, a four-year college to learn how to make fine furniture um, and stuff like that. And I don't put that down at all. It just puts a person... In a different headspace than the person who like has taught themselves and I think there's value in both perspectives and I think the maker community can bring both perspectives together in a more mutual respective way than maybe there was before like I feel like maybe before there was a little bit of like if I went to school then I am better than this person who um didn't go to school to learn all this stuff.
0: I think there's also a loss of scrappiness. Like when you, when you go through a training like that, you start to like become very like, this is the way it's supposed to be when in reality there is. There is no, this is the only tool you can use to right. do this. Like you can adapt and really do anything with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's always like a neat thing. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot of those maker competitions that are like, you can only use a handsaw, like, and, and or <laughs> you can only use scrap wood. Right. And I love to see what people make because that it really shows their, their ingenuity and their ability Mm -hmm. to think outside the box. And a lot of that comes with having to figure out like, I want to do this, but these are the only tools they have Or like with me. It's like, I want to do this, but I live in a tiny studio and have no garage. And and if I do it outside, (laughs) I'm going to get yelled at because it's not environmentally friendly, you know, like you start to learn and adapt versus, you know, if, if you, if you get stuck in that rut of like, this is the way it should be. So I, I do love that part of the maker community, bringing in both sides is it, it lends that, that scrappy upcycling use everything kind of idea.
1: And I think, I mean, that like, to me is like super important to like my like origin story, right. Is like, I can i I had tried to teach myself woodworking and then I went into like a a program, like a school program. Right. And I was taught, just like you said, like, this is how you're supposed to do this, 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 and this. And so when I left that and we, you know, had to move and we left that and I went years without making anything because in my head I was still stuck in the, but I don't have this tool and this tool and this tool and this tool. So how am I supposed to make anything? Mm Because I'm supposed to use those things to make this thing. And that's what I think was liberating in the sense of like, basically, I was in a desperate situation in my mind of like, I have to make this work. And so how can I make this work? And by learning power carving, that has taught me, just like you're speaking about, of like, Now I can look at things and yes, my brain still goes to like, well, I should be cutting it like blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'll be like, but I don't have blah, 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 blah to do that thing. So this is what I have in my shop. How am I going to make it work? And like, just go and not like it took away the fear. Like being a Mm -hmm. maker to me takes away the fear because it's like, no, you can figure it out. And it might not be exactly what you expected, but you can figure it out I also feel like um
0: and this is such a probably a weird thing to say, but I feel like the title of the maker doesn't get lorded over you, yeah, like it's a very different thing when people talk to me and say, "Well, you were the engineer on this, versus like the weight of that right is a lot more than if they're just like, "Well, you're the maker that developed this, like I feel like I have a lot more freedom. And part of that is that like, I'm OSHA certified and licensed as an engineer. So the liability falls on me. Right. But right. like, so I, I prefer to come in as a maker for things right. <laughs> and not mention the other piece. Um, because I think, you know, it's, it's the expectation also in some ways becomes higher. So then the pressure becomes higher. And then it's, it's not, it's not as fun, you know, right. like I right. enjoy tinkering and being in a shop and just going through and, and designing and developing and iterating and whatever way I want. Um, but the minute that the, the other part of it comes in, suddenly I feel like, okay, I'm not allowed to fail here because I'm defining what a woman in this field is like, you know, versus like as a maker, like we're all makers, you know, we, we all get to tinker. We all get to fail. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's more, um, It shouldn't be more accepted there, but it feels more accepted there. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. So, okay. So there's one question that I ask every guest that comes on the podcast. And I think you'll appreciate this one. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why?
1: There's like a, there's actually like a really fun, like. Study behind that question. How can I define that? that. Where it's like most people say flying, but actually most people say they would rather have the power of like invisibility because we're all just warriors in our own way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see that for sure. Yeah. Well, I guess I couldn't see that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh. Hmm. I don't know. I think I could appreciate some super strength. I definitely could appreciate some super strength. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, To come in handy in so many ways, but one being like, you know, I don't know about like you, if there's certain type of things that you hoard, but I hoard logs and those logs tend to be large. and heavy. I love that. (laughs) So that would come in handy for that. In addition to, you know, like, all the other things of not feeling like old because I'm 40 and my back hurts now, like having certain
0: <laughs> it is it is like a legit thing. Like, I'm like, I thought I got a, a good night's sleep, but I wake up and my, my neck hates me, my back hates me. Right. I'm just like, I well, what did I do? I must have been very active in my sleep. <laughs> like... you
1: just you just went over 40. It's like you wake <laughs> up all of a sudden and you're just like advil constant (laughs) yes you're like i thought i was doing the preventative maintenance this machine
0: required why just just keeps wearing down in places that no one warned you exactly so my my like my dad's like i always told you to take care of your knees, and i'm like yeah well you didn't tell me to take care of my ankles and that's where the problem stems from you know (laughs) Uh, this has been so incredible. Um, I, I love all of this. I honestly thought we were going to majority talk about power carving. And I honestly just really appreciate what instead we talked about. Like I think talking about allyship and talking about the things that we as, as women, as uh, people in the community that have that ability to, to really start bringing up those that don't and amplifying them and, and really making that difference. And, the onus that is on us to, to not pretend like it's not on us. You know, um, I really appreciate all of that. This has been so incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> That's it for Tinkering Bells. This episode is assembled and ready for delivery. I want to thank you for choosing Tinkering Bells as your user's manual for all things maker on a bi-weekly basis. If you want to continue to hear more, don't forget to rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice, as well as sharing it with your friends. I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, don't forget to keep making.